Skeleton Crew 2020 Halloween Special. <laughs> Skeleton Crew 2020 Halloween Special. Instead of giving you one big show like we've been doing for the past couple years since our mm, basic retirement, this year we have a special. It's 2020. You guys are bored out of your minds. You can't do what you really want to do. Things are limited. So when there's normally limits, when we have one show every October of every year, now we have eight. All right, now we're talking about waxwork. 1988. This is directed by Anthony Hickox and written by him. And the stars are Zach Galligan as Mark, you know, the guy from the Gremlins. We have Jennifer Bassey as Mrs. Lofmore, Joe Baker as Jenkins, and Deborah Foreman as Sarah, and Michelle Johnson as China. When did she start wrestling, this girl? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's 11.45. Let's go. Imagine, if you will, an exhibit in fear. It looks a little spooky, boys. You think we should do this? A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. Ooh, scary. Your fascination with ghosts, monsters, and the many unearthly elements of the supernatural. Welcome to the Look. Now this... Is killer. Enjoy. Wow, the glasses from Nutty Zombies from Hell. Lose yourself in it. Do you like a closer look? Really? But whatever you do, don't step over the rope. Welcome, my dear. We thought you were too tired to join us. Alright, I'm hypnotized. Hey, not so fast. Ah! Relax! Uh, a cup of coffee? We'll talk about it. I want out of here, Sarah. I'm serious. Getting scared? Will I get a pretty woman in my illusion? No. No, I get a dork. It isn't real. Bravo! What the hell did you kill him for? He'd have been perfect. welcomes you into a new dimension in terror. Waxwork. Uh, so, Dave, this was your pick, Waxwork. What made you pick this movie? Uh, the reason I picked this movie straight up is because this, to me, I, I've always liked it. And I, I just I happened to watch it maybe, uh, I just popped in for the hell of it a few months back. And as I'm watching it, I thought of you. I said, you know what? This seems to me like it would be a movie that would be up Alex's alley. And then I think I messaged you at the time and said, have you ever seen Waxworks? And you said no. And I said, okay. And I just kept it there. And when it came time to do this, I said, now I'm going to have a reason for you to watch it. Just because I thought it's a movie that you missed that it seems to me like it would be right on your alley. So 
We'll find out. It's funny you say that. You're not the first person to try to get me to watch this. Really? There are other people. Yeah, there's other people who, for some reason, said, dude, have you ever seen Waxwork? And I'm like, oh, no. And they're like, oh, man, you should check it out. One even, I think one person bought it for me for my birthday or something and it's still in the wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> was it the Blu-ray? And I don't I know why. I, no, no, it was a DVD because this was year, like five years ago. I assume they think that you'd appreciate it because of, like, well, the whole point of it, <laughs> what it does. You being into classic, like, universal horror, that's probably why they think you'd like it. Right. Yeah, the premise here is a wax museum owner uses his horror exhibits to unleash evil on the world. Now, this reminded me of a couple things. What Now, Dave, you'll know what I'm talking about here. Now... Obviously, it's not a direct, direct correlation, but how about the Twilight Zone episode in season four, is it? When they went to one-hour-long episodes? Isn't there an episode of a couple in a wax museum? Yeah, there is. The wax figures come to life and kill people? Like, maybe a guy just had them all in his basement or something like that? Yes. And then the... Yep, a guy did have him in his basement. He was building them, and yep, you're right. I didn't even think about that Twilight Zone thing either. Wow, that one got by me. But yeah, now that you mentioned it, one more connection. Yeah. Right. And and Dave knows I'm into the Twilight Zone, and uh, even though we don't agree on how many good ones there are. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, it's called The New Exhibit. It's season four, episode 13. So definitely check that out. It's a really good episode. It's one of the hour-long Twilight Zones. It was so interesting. Like, the premise here is that the bad guy, basically, he wants you to... uh, By the way, he's the guy from the Ninja Turtles Part 2. He's, like, the scientist. He's also from Titanic, the bad guy. He's the, uh... He's, uh... What's his name's, like, right-hand man who... Like does anything he says. Um, oh, you're who's right. Who's a famous guy? Billy Zane. Yeah, yeah Billy Zane's right hand man. Yeah. Um, so he he pushes people into the exhibit. Basically, the exhibit, the 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 moment it's capturing comes to life, and you are in that moment now, and then you get killed. That's the the goal of these guys. You get killed in it, and then you become a part of it. And then what was the final thing? Like at the end, all 18 of the people who they got, who who they tricked into falling into it and getting killed in it, they come to life as what was it? I think what I guess they, they get unleashed into the world or something like that. But it has to be a certain amount. That part I always kind of um, drift off a little bit in. I, I, I never think about the the end game all i know is it has to do with something bad and uh they're gonna come out and and destroy the world or something like that (laughs) yeah sure they're they're always gonna destroy the world because you know 18 people could do that uh (laughs) jamie what did you think of this movie i really like this movie i have forever Really, really, really old school listeners of Devour the Podcast will recognize this movie as the one that broke me because when David, Bo, and I reviewed this, it was pretty early on with when Bo joined the show. So it was pretty far back, several, several years ago. Shout out to anyone who does remember that. I appreciate you. But if um, 
if you do recall that, then they both came down really hard on this movie, and I just kind of sat back and let them go, and in the end, I kind of lost my shit. Because I was like, what is wrong <laughs> with you? Um, I've always enjoyed it. I love the nods to classic horror. I love the fact that it, we go from color to black and white in, in particular situations. I think that's really fun. And what ended up happening with that is Bo and David actually ended up writing a remake for this film, which I don't think it needs, but apparently I'm in a minority. I've seen a lot of people trash this film around that time when we did the review and then after, and I never understood it. I I think it's phenomenal. You know, I really like Deborah Foreman and anyway, and then um, David Warner. I think is cool. So, you know, I don't know. I like it. I've always been a fan. Yeah, there are some crazy moments in this movie. I will say, like, overall, the movie didn't blow me away. Like, it wasn't amazing. I wouldn't, like, run bragging necessarily about it. Um, it was good, and I feel like it's more of a niche thing that I like. But I have a feeling I could see why the general public might not dig it. You just never really hear anybody talk about this in general anyway. So I could see why people aren't like crazy about it. It doesn't really fit the the general, you know, what most horror fans like or anything. But like there are amazing scenes in this movie and the gore is some of it is great. Like there's a scene where a werewolf like mm-hmm. rips a dude's head apart in two pieces. Yeah, you can imagine I really dug that one. Mm hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I love it. It's because I'm a big werewolf. Uh, I, yeah, I should say werewolf fan because uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and I'm also into Paul Nashy. Lon Chaney Jr. days, he just kind of ran up to people and just choked them out and stuff. And of course, you know, we weren't at that point in the '40s, so it's cool to like. And even in like the Paul Nashy movies, I don't know if you guys know who he is. It's like Spanish horror. Of course. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, he, those are a little bit more violent. Um, so they're getting there, but this was great. Uh, then you get this dude who's like laying on a table, and half of his leg is eaten away. So I, I'm assuming, like, when they were all eating those buckets of blood at the dinner table, when they were basically like getting the girl into this, was was she eating her friend's leg? Is that what I were to assume? I think so. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I thought. And that made it way better. Yeah, what to be her fiance, apparently. But of course, she didn't know who it was, but in the story, she was. Oh, fiance. Oh, I must have drifted off at that point <laughs> with that narrative. <laughs> wow, so she was eating her fiance's leg. Wow, that's crazy. It's dark. Yeah, it's dark. Just like now, how did you guys get that? Because, you know, wax museums, you have to think of Vincent Price. You got to think of the remake of the, the ha- House of Wax. Now, did you think of it when the dude was cutting the girl's face off to see if it was really wax or not? And you could see, like, the muscles and stuff underneath? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It also makes me think of, it always makes me think of Tourist Trap, too. Because in that movie, you've got, uh, he's basically turning people into mannequins and, like, covering their faces with, there's this, like, really really i think scary scene where he's like covering this chick's face and just describing to her how she'll never see again you know she'll never breathe again and then you know she won't suffocate her heart will burst from fear before she suffocates and and i always 
think about that too whenever I see that part of this movie. Me too. And you know what? To me, and I've said it many times, but and I'm sure others have too, House of Wax, the remake, seemed more of a remake of Taurus Trap than it did yes. the House of Wax movies, right? It, Even it, down yeah. to the brother thing. Like right. the, you know, the one brother being an artist and the other brother. I mean, there it was. There were so many similarities that I don't really know why they didn't go that route. I think it would have been more successful if they had done that. You know, not that it's terrible anyway. I mean, I think it's a fun watch, but I really feel like it ties in much better to Tourist Trap. I think they thought that it would be a, a, a better selling point because at the time they were doing old school movies and House of Wax has this aura, you know what I mean, uh, of old school horror. But Tourist Trap is more of a, you know what I mean, it's we know it, what it is, but average No one else it. does. Right. It's exactly right. right. Sneaky. A sneaky little move there. Yeah, House of Wax is a bigger selling name. It it just sounds better and bigger, and it's more interesting than Taurus Trap. Like, people would be like, well, is that the movie with uh, Lindsay Lohan? <laughs> I don't think anybody even knows what Taurus Trap is. So uh, th- that was definitely a good decision. <laughs> but, yeah, I can see what you mean. It's definitely something that's more basic. But it's, it's great to have a nice hybrid. You take a little bit of that Vincent Price movie, take a little bit of Taurus Trap, and then you got House of Wax remake. Yeah. I think you're right in that it has flown under the radar, which is odd because it has a sequel. So it was successful enough to spawn a sequel, but yet no one talks about it. Like, I don't ever hear anyone talk about this movie. Yeah, and the premise is the best part of the movie, I think. Like, what a great idea. To uh, Maybe people think it wasn't executed properly. Maybe they didn't like the cast. Maybe the gore wasn't enough. They didn't like what went on in the scenes enough when you get into the scene of the wax uh, sculptures and whatever. Like, I don't know. But the premise, I think, even if this was remade, you could definitely do a lot with this. So I think it's a great idea. Now, Dave, what are some of what are your thoughts? What are a lot of the notes you have on it since this was your pick? I want to get into your head. Well, I, I just always thought it was it was a fun movie. It's classic 80s and it's. It has that scene. It has that 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 fun type of scene that you know of young people in the eighties. It is all that good cheesiness going on with it, and then you know it's paced so well because you get these little little things one at a time. You know, a, a little fifteen minutes here and fifteen minutes there, and it's a good gimmick. The whole being pushed, you know, going into a waxwork thing. I just always thought it was it was overlooked in that it, it was just a fun movie, and it just I don't know. And the gore on top. See, the the gore was restored. So this was a movie that when it came on, I first saw it when I was a kid. It came out on VHS, and it was great and gory and had fun with it, you know. And then what happened was the DVD came out a few a few years later when DVD started coming around. And I think that hurt it because they, they, they cut it. They cut all that gore out of the movie. So hmm. for like – I don't know. When did this Blu-ray come out? Like 18, probably 2018. So I would say for like 18 years, somewhere around there, you couldn't, I I held onto the VHS just because of that, but the DVD was censored. So it would be like watching my bloody Valentine the first time with the censored, the the uncensored version, and then going back to the cut version. And then it just, I still enjoy it more as a movie, but I mean, when you take all the gore out, it's just, I think that hurt it. And people, oh, it, yeah. it, it flew, you know, it flew under the radar. I think you're right. That's what happened. Yeah. 
I really do. And then it came back out, and Vestron released it uh, in 2018. And I was like, please be the unrated. I remember when the news broke. I'm like, okay, let it be the unrated. And sure enough, I was like, nice. And as soon as you got to that werewolf scene, that was the big test. It's kind of like the test in uh, Hellraiser 2. Hellraiser 2 was also censored for a while. And it came out unrated, and the same thing happened. Uh, it, 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 you could only see it censored for a while. And the big test in that one it was in the first five minutes when Frank says Jesus wept and they pull him apart. In part two, they make it much more extravagant in the unrated version. He gets torn. His whole body gets torn in half. Same thing here with the werewolf scene. That's the first scene, which, you know, the, the one you were talking about before, when he when that guy gets torn in half from the head down, same thing. That, that scene was completely cut. So as soon as you see that scene, you know, 15 minutes into the movie, like, boom. That's when you know if it's the rated version or unrated. But, I mean, damn, it had all the gore restored, and it's it's great. I mean, most of the kills are solid. You got good kills. You got the 80s vibe. It, it runs at a good time, and, you know, it has different – I mean, they didn't do exact. I mean, Night of the Living Dead, they didn't actually say it, but obviously that's what it was, and everything else was – they couldn't come out and right. say it, but everybody knew what it was. Imagine if they could remake it nowadays and put – all that stuff in there, and you know, uh, they could have Jason and Michael in there if they wanted to. And because the, the one thing to me, it was kind of like a, a combination of Jason and Frankenstein combined. That one guy, did you notice it? He was dressed like Jason, but his head was stitched up like Frankenstein. I know it was weird. Well, it's weird that you say that because Kane Hodder uh, did stunt work for this movie uncredited, and he was the Frankenstein monster. Oh, really? wow. In the shooting script, Jonathan, uh, who's played by Mika Grant, was staring at an exhibit of Jason when Jonathan tells Lincoln that, you know, it it looked like the same Jason mask from the movies. Mr. Lincoln asked Jonathan, they made a movie about the Jason killings? <laughs> so... They, you know, it's one of those things where um, it's almost like, what's that movie, uh... Oh, behind the mask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they try to treat everybody like it's real. <laughs> wow, dude. So they replaced that Phantom of the Opera scene. Because that's what they said in the Phantom of the Opera scene. The guy said, hey, that was in Curse of the Phantom. And, and, and then he said the same line. He's like, he goes, they made a movie about the Phantom of the Opera. And he said many. So they actually that's so what that, yep. they tried to get the uh, right out. They couldn't. Cool if they had left that. I'll bet that's what it was. That it, It's exactly what it was, actually. Yeah. Wow. That's neat. It was all because of legal copyright issues. Like, that is so dumb. Like, it's like, yeah, sure, you want to use my guy? Absolutely. You'll promote him more, and people will say, you know what? I want to go see a Jason movie as soon as they're done with this one. So uh, that was a dumb idea. To uh, <laughs> Sometimes it's not good to be stingy with your, uh, with your uh, properties. Let them pay a royalty or something, you know? Sure, but I just don't see just not letting them use it at all. But. Mm-mm. Hey, was that one guy the Invisible Man? That's because I know that you guys are both more familiar. I've only seen it once, but when that one, there's that one waxwork of the guy that has his face wrapped up like the Invisible Man, but he's taking the um, the hose from the exhaust and he's putting it in, in that girl's mouth. Did that happen in that movie or no? No. Okay, well then it's kind of an odd odd way to kill. Cause did you guys saw what I'm talking about? Didn't isn't that supposed to be like basically the Invisible Man? I didn't notice oh really i think it could be i mean just because he didn't actually do that doesn't you know 
necessarily mean that that's not what they were aiming for. But then a lot of times <clears throat> you'll see when people do nods to things that people know, but they can't actually use them, uh, you know, the actual character, then they'll just kind of pull from various, like you were talking with the Jason the Frankenstein thing. Um, so they could have been pulling from various different things or like a, it's a mal- an amalgamation character, maybe. I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though, and yes, I agree. It could definitely answer. look like yeah. <laughs> How about that mummy? You know what? It's something I love about this movie. There was finally, finally, a good fucking mummy that killed yes. people gory. Right? Yes. I am so I love mummies, and there aren't any good ones. Like, in, oh. um, I like Lot 249 from the Tales from the Dark Side movie. I like that mummy, and he does some nasty shit. But most of the time, mummies are just flat out ignored. And I think that if you use them properly, they are terrifying. Because the whole idea is terrifying. You've got something that's been dead for thousands of years, and it, you know, and it comes at you, and it's all like the the ragged bandages hanging. And I think the uh, the one from. Um, Monster Squad was pretty good too. Was it Monster Squad? Was it Monster Squad? So. You're being chased by a mummy, and the and the the bandage gets hooked to the car, and they unravel yeah. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a great uh, mummy in the movie Assignment Terror too. You should look that one up. That thing looks like it's straight out of a coffin or a esophagus, whatever you call it. <laughs> Sarcophagus. <laughs> oh, esophagus—the thing in your throat, right? Your throat. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mummy in my throat. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Why during the mummy scene, I was thinking to myself, why is everyone in this movie in the process of loading a gun while the monster is already in on the attack? Like this didn't this guy just do this with something else? Like there were there were two scenes, and maybe it was the Wolfman or something like that. There were two scenes in a row where these things are already here and coming at you, and this guy's loading his gun again. And it's like, is this like a thing? <laughs> Did you guys notice that it happened twice in a row? Well, why would they have weapons drawn? I don't get it in the first because you would—they weren't expecting a mummy the first in the in the mummy scene. They were just trying to get the whatever the hell. You know what I mean? So, are you saying that they they they, they shot a few times and then they and then they loaded it again? Or I they, think so. Oh, who knows? Maybe old guns work differently and they need to be loaded more. I don't know anything about guns. But there's this whole <laughs> thing, like, every time, like, you have a gun, how about loading it before, like, you know, anything goes down? But, uh, and that wasn't the only funny thing. Like, what's, okay, this is a good thing and a bad thing. So, the one amazing thing I thought, this scene of the girl getting chained up and she's about to get whipped and stuff, and just the way they shot that was br- <clears throat> brilliant. Like, it looks so good because the point of view the camera was from and the way you kept panning back and forth and the guy's dialogue about how much he's going to like this and how much the other guy wanted him to whip her down and called her a whore and all this stuff. It was so good because I really put myself in her situation and the anticipation was torture in itself. Um, Little did I know what would proceed later on. Now, she seemed to be okay with this and wanted to stay and all this other nonsense and... And then, but the the other thing that kind of killed my great thought of it was, like, she's getting thrashed within an inch of her life, and then they show her back, and there's no blood, no skin was broken, 
And then after, till it's like till after they escape from the torture room and they're on their way out, do you see marks on her back? Which I was just like, what in the hell? Who made this? <laughs> <laughs> That's weird you know? because there's no shortage of blood. Even in the scene, remember when the vampire scene with the, with the she killed three or four vampires at once? Oh, it's a bloodbath. Like yeah, and they didn't hold back on the gore. That is a weird decision. You're right. Right. It's just oh. very weird. But, but yeah, all the wax figures coming to life. The final battle is kind of meh. You know, it, I think it could have been a little better. So the last two villains are the torture guy and the Ninja Turtle scientist guy. Uh, you know, the main guy. Uh, so the one guy gets an axe in his back from the chick. And that's that's tor- the torture guy. That's how he gets killed. And the turtle guy, he gets shot off the balcony and he lands in a big vat of wax. Who pulled the guy's head off or hand off? No, head off, right? There was some point in the movie at the end where someone gets their head pulled off. Didn't the guy in the wheelchair come back at the end and and, and help uh, kill um, the Ninja Turtles guy? <laughs> I call him that. I, I, didn't even, I never even saw it. But <laughs> you never saw Turtles, eh? No. <laughs> but didn't he kill that guy? And then they were about to celebrate or something, and then all of a sudden the werewolf came behind him and ripped his head off? Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. I think so. I suck, man. I don't know how... Like, I love how in my notes all he said was pull dude's head off, and then I have no idea what I'm talking about because I saw this movie like a week ago. (laughs) I just saw it a couple hours ago, and I barely know, so... (laughs) (laughs) Same as always. This movie had the same feel to me, and this is going to be so obscure and random, but as the movie Stay Tuned with John Ritter, because... You just keep popping people in different scenarios. Yeah. Oh, I totally see that. Yeah. So that is something I really liked about it. I just wanted to say real quick that if anybody out there has not seen this, if you are a fan of anthologies, I think this could be something that you would enjoy because that's actually what it feels like to me. It's not in that it's all the one story, but in a way, the way it's broken up into little vignettes, it does feel like an anthology film. So if you, I think, so if, I think if people out there do enjoy it, then, or enjoy them, then maybe take a look at this one because you probably like it too. Yeah, well, look at Dave. His biggest movie is like Creep Show, and he's, he likes this a lot. So that's absolutely true. That is true. Wow, shit. Yep. I, did you guys think that that one girl looked like Alice from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Which one is Alice? The girl from four and five, the girl that became the new lead. I thought that one girl that gets whipped, I thought it was her. I had to look her up and say, is that Alice? And a lot of people love that girl. Lisa Wilcox, I think is her name. Yeah. But anyway, I just, I don't know. I, I always thought that she. she oh, yeah, you're be. right. It was either. Yeah, you're right, because I thought that, too. And I was saying to myself, she either looks like Alice or she looks like the girl from Sleepaway Camp 3 who is dating Tony. And she oh. got pulled up the flagpole and dropped on her head. Right. Yep. That girl, the redhead. Yep, I know yeah, who she is. Yeah, I got okay. vibes of her. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I thought it was funny when she said, um, vampires are fiction. Because <laughs> who talks that way? <laughs> or when she says, I do what I want when I want. Dig it or fuck off. Or fuck off. I love that line. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I've been... I've been saying that for years, like inside of my head. <laughs> it's just, that's like my favorite line from this movie that she says that to get her. Fuck I'm going to start saying it out loud. Do it. If you can find a reason to say it, of course do it. <laughs> just maybe at work you say it. Hey, Alex, what are you doing up there? 
This is how I work, pal. Dig it or fuck off. I'll sound like Daniel Harris. Fuck off. Oh, boy. That's yeah. all. Her big line from Hatchet 3. <laughs> yeah. And one more funny thing. Expelled from college. That's what, remember when they come in the fucking room? The guy comes in the class. He goes, oh, I'm real sick. This and that. I got to come in. I got to get this girl. And then she t- digs her out of glass. And then in the hallway, she goes, she goes, you're not really sick. And he's like, no. She goes, what are you doing? You're going to get us expelled. Like, how, expelled. Can you get expelled from college for, for skipping a class? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could tell you. I uh, so. was, when I went to college, it was kind of like, right? You come and go as you please, no? If you flunk out, it's Yeah, I you. did have some classes. It kind of depended on the class. I had some classes that they didn't care if you were there or not. And as long as you pass a class, whatever. But then I had classes where they had an attendance policy and you could get kicked out of the class. Like you, they would drop you from the class if you missed too many days. But you're not going to get expelled from college for it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it seemed like they were high school kids, but it was. But they were in college because in the beginning they said he's a college boy now. I remember he was fighting with his mom about getting coffee or caffeine, you know. So, but apparently it was college. But anyway, just, just some funny observations. Yeah, that's all I got for that. Caffeine. Well, how do you rate this movie uh, out of five? How do you rate this one, Jamie? I'd say this one for me is a four. Uh, I would like for it to be a five. I think it could be a five, but there are maybe some slight improvements I would make. Or I think, it, especially now knowing that they had originally wanted to do a Jason thing, I just really wish that they could have done that. But uh, I do really enjoy it the way it is. I like all the nods. I think the they made some really clever choices, like I said, with the black and white thing, too. I just think that is so cool as far as, like, the zombie thing goes. And and I appreciate the gore. So, yeah, it's a really solid four for me. Um, I still I also give it four. It, it's a fun movie. I always enjoy it. I think it's overlooked, but it's, it's a fun 80s movie. I'm a little... Kind of like what you said, that the, the final battle was kind of meh. I, I'm kind of with you on that. That's where I always mm. check out, but it's only like like 13 minutes long, so whatever. It's just it's just fun. It has all that, that good, fun, cheesy 80s stuff, uh, you know, kids doing their things together. And it's a, and gory, which is always going to be a plus in my book. So it's four for me. Wow. Well, I give this a three out of five. Uh, I liked it. I'm um, not as into it as you guys are you've guys seen it multiple times i think i have to get into it more and and like relive it more to to get that to go higher i'm just too unfamiliar at the moment but i'm glad i did see it and i liked it and it's definitely something i will throw on uh once every five years and get more and more into it because you're right it is my style i really like the premise I like the feel. It's a, it's definitely 80s cheese. These um, Most of the characters you can get into. I think everybody did a really good job. I like the casting also. And I just it's just a great premise. I mean, I can't say that enough. It's just a really good idea <clears throat> to like just take these, these moments that you built this whole little wax, uh, you know, scenario up with and then like live it out. And that's just a great idea, and I really dig that kind of thing. So, yep, three out of five for me. 